Okay, Tanafalava everyone and Bulavinaka. I am here with Cruz and he is all the way in Sydney and this is my first podcast that I've done in a couple of months. So I'm really excited. Um, one of the reasons why I asked Cruz to jump on a podcast with me, and he was very lovely enough to give us his time, um, to give me his time, um, is because I always admire people who amplify the voices and stories of others and just out of the, the kindness of their own hearts. Like they don't expect anything out of it. They're just really interested in sharing stories. And so I thought I'd love to give other people the platform, um, other people who give others a platform, a platform as well, if it makes sense. So thank you, Cruz, for, for making time. I know you're all the way on the other side of the ocean, on the other side of the beach, but you've made time. And so I'm really excited to have you. Thank you so much. No worries, it's a nice. Oh, <laughs> awesome. So just uh, before we begin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, you have the bragging rights. You have the bragging rights as well of being my, uh, of um, being on your palm, you know, of being the first person to interview me. So, yeah. Oh, really? That's amazing. I think, I think it's amazing because you've got so many followers and so many people are impacted by your work. So I just assumed you were always getting interviews. So when I asked Tui, I was like, oh, if he's too busy, it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. But you're, you're, you're here. So it's cool. Thank you, thank you. Cool. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, um, just in regards to the questions, thank you so much for sending me the questions. I appreciate it. So my my first my so my full name is Michaeli Cruz Balanavata Udondre. Um, I am named after my grandfather. Uh, my first name named after my grand uh, grandfather from my father's side, and the middle name, the long middle name Balanavata, that's from my grandfather from my mother's side. And after a show, uh, a character on the show called, I think it was called Santa Rosa. So I think my mom was watching the show and she saw the name Cruz and she, and she said, oh, okay, this is a good name. I put that, I think I put that in the name as well. So that's my, um, yeah, that's my full, full name. Um, born on the 24th of April, 1989, here in Sydney, Australia at St. George Hospital. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tim. I appreciate that. And uh, on top of that as well, you know, area. Uh, my parent, parents migrated from the islands of Fiji around the late 70s and early 80s. Um, on top of that as well, um, you know, did my schooling here in Australia uh, from primary school all the way to high school. And currently right now, I'm doing university at the University of uh, Western Sydney. It may, I know maybe it's a late bloomer, but um, later on down the track, I'll probably share, uh, share that in regard. You know, the saying goes that uh, age is just a number. And, you know, when age is just a number, you know, nothing's impossible when you put your mind to it, when you can achieve to it, you know, when you can uh, believe to achieve. So, yeah, that's um, that's that's my my beginning so far. I, I love that. So so um, I did my postgrad at age 27 and mm. um, I enjoyed uni so much more when I went back at age 27. I was a lot more yep. And I was also working at the same time. So I was like straight to class, straight to work, as opposed to when I went to uni at 18, where I was just like, work, uh, class, smoke with friends, hang out with friends, do whatever, and then like not study. Yep. So the good on you for going back to school. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tim. I appreciate that. Thank okay. you so much. So what was life like for you growing up? Well, life for me growing up, especially being raised in the Fijian household, um, I wouldn't say that we struggled. You know, my mom and dad worked. Um, we had a roof over our head, uh, you know, food on the table. Um, being the only child, 
being the only child of the family, um, you know, I was just thankful and blessed uh, that my parents uh, provided and met with my needs when it came to clothing, food on the table, um, especially entertainment. So, so back then, you know, Nintendo or, or PlayStation, but with the with the with that sort of entertainment being introduced to me, uh, my parents were, um, were very strict on me or very trying to encourage me in schoolwork and in reading books. So by doing that, um, it helped me a lot, especially my vocabulary. And we've also with schooling it, um, it made me um, how can I say you know learn things, especially mathematics, science, history, uh, the basics in regards to primary education, and that is why. Till now, that is why I'm a big, I'm a big fan of um, education. Mm, yeah, and history and how, <laughs> and it can help that. Yep, and it can help that. Uh, you know, it can help our people. Um, you know, further pursue their careers in any other field that they choose to go in. Yeah. So yeah, so in saying that as well, um, discipline was big. Um, if I did misbehave, of course, with all islanders, you know, those that are that, those weapons of mass destruction, whether it be the belt, yeah, that's it. <laughs> whether it be the belts or you know the wooden spoon or anything that mom and dad can get a hold of. Yeah. But I look back at it now, as much as I feared it, but in a way it shaped me, it shaped me as the person I am today, yeah. especially in regards to discipline. Yeah. Um, you know, because um, yeah, because really it really made me sure that I respect my parents and honor my, honor my parents, honor my mother and father. So, yeah. Like it says in the Bible. <laughs> yes, that's it. hundred percent. What is your favorite pastime memory? I, I love these kinds of, I, because you're into history. When I was writing your questions, I thought, Hmm, what are some history related questions that I can apply to apply? What are, what are some history? I don't know. How can I put your, your questions in like a history context? So, if you could explain, like, what was a favorite pastime or favorite childhood memory, um, I think that'd be really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Um, my favorite childhood memory, of course, was hanging around the cousins back then. You know, especially when we cousins that are old now and they've got kids there of their own, and you know they, you know they growing up, and it's like, man, you know, that's the memories I, I cherish as a child. You know, going over to um, my cousin's place in Campsie or my cousin's place out west. I'm just hanging around, just um, you know. Like, you know, playing, you know, the thing back then was playing um, Sega, Nintendo, PlayStation. Um, not even on top of that as well, um, you know, just, you know, certain protocol within the household of a Fijian household, you know, respecting your elders. Um, when you go walk past, you know, you've got to say chilo or, you know, excuse me. Um, those certain little things that I cherish because I, I look at those as the one percenters. I look at them as the one percenters because it helps you develop, it helped me, sorry, develop my character in regards to, you know, being respectful to elders, um, not only to, to elders, but also to strangers in public, uh, to going to the shop. Um, you know, like I remember watching my mom or my dad when they went to the shop, you know, what to order and they'll say, thank you or please. And because when you, when I look at the word thank you and please, uh, they're, they're magical words. They, they help you along the way because it's the way, because you'll be on manners and, that's my childhood memory by watching, by analyzing, not only with the elders, but hanging around with my, uh, with my family, with my family, with my cousins and, you know, my uncles and aunties. Uh, that's, uh, that's what I really cherish about my childhood memories. So, yeah. That's amazing. Like, I remember, like, many times throughout my childhood, whenever I forgot to say, well, in Samoan, it's means thank you, means please. And whenever we'd forget to say that, it'll just come with a like, good slang. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I definitely yep. relate to that. But it's true. saying that in regards to family as well, Tim, um, how is how is Roman? I believe you in one of your earlier podcasts, Roman, 
I have oh, one with autism. So Roman, Roman's doing really well. So he good, plays good. rugby league. He plays rugby league. Yeah. Um, and he is thriving in school. I'm not sure if he, I think he goes to a special school, but he's thriving yep. in school. Do you know anyone with autism? Have you been in work with? Um, not that, uh, sort of in a way um, through my life. Um, I believe um, with people with autism, um, of course, they have those, um, you know, these things you have to watch out for. But um, just hearing your podcast, I really admired that, uh, you know, what uh, Roman's mom is doing by looking after him. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I, I really commend you for that, Dima, for, you know, raising that, especially on the podcast, you know, especially amongst the island community, because we need to know these things as, uh, you know, islander people, Pacifica people, especially with children, uh, you know, having autism. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. You, and I'm sure you probably get this yourself. Like, I think people like us who, who share stories of regular people, um, of everyday people, we don't often get the, hey, well done. We just like, it, you know, it's not, we don't really get committed on that. So I really appreciate you you for saying that. Um, but I'd love to know what were your favorite food and sports? <laughs> <laughs> oh, favorite food, oh, for me, I can't go past, of course. Um, I miss my mom's spaghetti bolognese, but um, if that wasn't the case, Nothing beats the Colonel, man. Nothing beats that KFC, you know? Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know? What's your, what's your <laughs> so KFC. Yep, yep. Yeah. I love the thigh. The thigh. That's <laughs> I, will fight, I will fight one of my cousins for the thigh. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so KFC, um, from, a, from a healthy option, um, if it was from a health perspective, I go, of course, fruits, um, ve um, vegetables, um, strawberries. I love strawberries. Um, cause I, I look up as well, they're good for your heart and good for other parts of the body as well. So strawberries and carrots, um, but also sports when it comes to sports, um, you can't go past rugby. I know there's rugby league, but I'm more of a rugby union person. Right. Yeah. Much classier rugby union. <laughs> um, awesome. And so what are your favorite scriptures? Cause I know I see that I noticed that you do, um, some work in the church and so I'm interested to know as a Christian or Catholic myself um what's uh, what are some of your favorite scriptures well i've got two i've got um two main scriptures that are that always apply to me every day first one is philippians 4 13 mm -hmm. um it's i can do all things through christ which strengthen me and for proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 um verse 5 to 6 uh, trust in the lord with all my heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths so if I was to say that in the Fijian vernacular of uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it states, And in Proverbs 3.5, to trust in the Lord, you know, if I'm all in heart and you know, I can do all things through Christ with strengthening. And that's, um, those scriptures, they, they mean a lot to me, um, especially during my, during my young days as a teenager till now, I've always, it's always helped me and guided me through, um, whether it be a physical exercise, especially back in the days of rugby training or during the test, or whether it be doing sitting at school in an exam or whether in the, you know, whether in the workplace. So, you know, I worked in the meat factory called Primo Foods for 11 years. And, uh, you know, one thing I'm thankful for is the longevity of that job. And by working in that job, it really made me um, 
really made me thankful and also humble to, you know, it may not be the best job, but a job's a job in the end of the day. And working alongside other people in the community from different ethnic backgrounds, it was like the whole world in one in that place. So you're talking about your Tongans, Samoans, um, Sudanese, Sierra Leone, Lebanese, Syrian, Congolese. Um, there was a whole mixture of nationalities in that one place. So um, applying those scriptures in my life and especially what I do in Word OND has really helped me um, as the time, as the years have gone by. I love that. I love, I just want to go back to you saying job's a job. I 100% agree. Before I used mm. to not agree with that. I used to not believe that. I used to think we needed to do yep. things that we're passionate about. But in this day and age of a global pandemic, I think yep. a job is a job. And yep. what's most important is not really that job, but it's really being able to provide and spend time with your family and, and do things that you love. So I love, thank you so yeah. much for touching on that. Very hard. That's okay. And it's, ama and it's amazing that you mentioned that as well, Dima, because um, when I started work at Primo back in 2009, uh, my, my two teachers were, was a Samoan and a Yugoslavian. And English wasn't their second, English wasn't their primary language. Uh, English was their second language. So hearing them, trying you know hearing them try to speak english i try not to be disrespectful but in a way try to um, hear what they're trying to say so it was challenging at times but at the same time i didn't want to just quit my job i didn't want to quit my job because you know doing agency work and going from place to place um it can be annoying and especially for my mom even though she wasn't too she wasn't um, able to discipline me as i was a you know growing older but just her body language of, um, how can I say, disappointment or discouragement. So maybe just stay, stay in Primo. I first said Primo, I said, okay, I'll try it for six months. Six months went past, I said, okay, I'll go one year. All right, one year went past, I said, okay, I'll go three years. All right, three years went past, five, five years. When I did my five years, I said to myself, I said to mom, you know, mom, I'm gonna do 10 years, 10 years just for you and I'll just and I'll finish up. And she said, okay, son, you do that. So, um, Oh no, problems might have some not to tear up. So mom passed away in 2016 of June. And uh, when she passed, when she passed, you know, it, uh, um, it really made me think, you know, made, really made me think, should I give up? Or should I, you know, persevere, continue on doing this for her? So when she passed, I said, you know what? There's three years left. I'm gonna do this all the way for you, mom. And uh, when I finished it, when I went made my 10 years, it was a sense of accomplishment. It was a sense of achievement. And it was a sense of, you know, I did this for you even though you're gone, mom. So, yeah, that's um, that's why I look at it as, you know, job's a job in the end of the day. And, you know, and everything, give thanks. And I thank the Lord for that opportunity. So, yeah, Dima. I love that. And first of all, I'm really sorry to hear it. I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, I lost my brother in 2015. And I remember mm. 2016 was such a time of healing for me. So so I really relate to, to that loss of a family member. And what you've shown me in this part, just you explaining that story, you've shown me that that you've learned true commitment and true promise. And so and just, yeah. well, we don't really get that that much these days, you know, promises are broken left, right and centre. So um, I admire that. Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. That's okay, Dima. That's all right. I, I admire your emotion as well. And I, thank you so much. It's like really, really amazing that you've shared that story. Um. And so I'm interested to know, so actually, no, speaking of, of, of your, your lovely mother, like what are some of the biggest lessons or one of the most important lessons that she taught you? Oh, don't be selfish. Um, there was one time in my life, there was one time in my life where um, I was being, being self-centered. I was being arrogant, you know, I was, um, I was being greedy. And then she just said to me, not angrily, but in a calm, you know, like in a very 
my monotone voice is, don't be, don't be selfish, son. You know, don't think of just yourself. Think of others. And it really got me thinking. It, um, it wasn't just an overnight, you know, overnight change. It was true that what she, that she said in that statement was just a gradual um, change as the days went by, trying to think of others, um, trying to, um, you know, be, you know, try not to think just of yourself, but think of others as well. And, but at the same time, as much as I love my mom with that statement, sometimes I went too far. When I mean too far, that I, I, I thought about everyone for everyone else, but I'm like when I'm talking from a financial perspective, and then for me, I'd be in the red or so, you know, when it came to my finances. And that's what I thank the Lord for my dad for. My dad, he was, um, he's more of a numbers man. You know, he's a man that uh, looks on the financial side of things when trying to budget yourself and trying to make sure, because as Islanders, you know, for me, myself, and I, I, I know what I admire is what, him, what you said on the podcast, you know, when it comes to finances, when it comes to money, sometimes, you know, we, we think of others, but sometimes we, we think too much. And then we put ourselves in a, in, a, in, a, in a situation where we're in a hole ourselves. So by learning, by learning from my mom, by look, you know, look, not being selfish, but from my dad, I sort of molded those two, you know, two sort of um, thoughts or so together to try and say, yes, I think of others. You know, I think of others. I try not to be selfish, but at the same time, I've got to make sure that my own four corners are looked after as well. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's so true. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I love that. Um, and so I'd love to know what you do for fun. Oh yeah. Um, I love reading. Um, oh, cool. I as I mentioned before about all the my yeah, I saw, I saw your books and you know what, um, to be honest with you, I screenshotted those as well. Cause oh. I saw one of them was the, one of them was the alchemist and this book and that book. And I said, Hmm, I think I might take this up as well. I love reading because my dad encouraged me to read. Um, if I was to share, if I was to share my first, the first book I actually fully read, fully read from the um, beginning to end, was uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, the biography of Michael Jordan. Yes, yeah. that's why I'm a big fan of MJ. I am a big fan of Michael Jordan. As much people love LeBron James, but I just admire Michael Jordan and what he had to do back then. In, you know, during the '90s, where there were so many other superstars back then, like Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, um, Shaquille O'Neal, I'm an up and coming Kobe Bryant. Alan Iverson, um, I think it was OG1, I, that's how you say the name, Dominic Wilkins, it's all these names, Magic Johnson back then, and um, just all these names, um, all these people to go up against um, shows his perseverance and dedication in uh, being the best of the best, and even though people may have questioned him or how he's playing, he's playing, uh, he's playing style or his attitude, but Bro, in order to win what you want to win, like you've got to go hard out to get that victory. So that was the first book I actually finished from beginning to end. Um, yes, yeah, so I love reading um, and from biographies to history um, to novels. Of course, the Bible. Of course, that's number one, of course. And um, yeah, <laughs> and also uh, playing, um, I'm, I'm, I, love, I love gaming. So PlayStation, uh, PlayStation playing, just playing, playing Madden or FIFA. And on top of that as well, just um, yeah. Apart from that's my like that's my like my downtime, leisure time, and also I'm just going for walks, like walking, you know, just um, trying to get some kind of steps on my walking as well. I like love that. So when you're talking about um the MJ biography, which I'm definitely going to go out and, and look into, um, it reminds me of this book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. Okay. Yeah, it's a really good book. I, I'll send it to you later. 
It's a really yeah, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. It's actually it was written like probably in the seventies or the eighties, but it's still like a sixty, seventy dollar book to this day. So wow, quite expensive. Okay, so that's how good it is. But it's on YouTube for free. So yeah, and also and also as well, your mom. I listened to one of the podcasts you did with Bob when you in Fiji with Bob Pauline Dorani Bethy. Yes, yes, she's a yes. friend of mine. Yeah. I've, I've seen the book. I've seen the book on Amazon, The River. I'm planning to get that book. So if it wasn't for that podcast you did with Pauline, I wouldn't know about the, about the River book. So <laughs> I, I, I really want to get that book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm really enjoying this podcast because um, you're making me, because sometimes I, I put out, I, I do the podcast and I do all of this just out of, just because I love it. And sometimes mm. I feel like it goes unnoticed. I'm like, oh, what's the point? It's not even going to impact anyone. But um, you've been re- you've been listening, so that's good. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you again, Emma. The okay. one, the one, the okay. one I really loved, the one I really loved was with um, is it Christian Maliatoa Brown? Oh yes, yes. Oh man, like um, I listened to that 90 minute one, and I listened to the one after, and then I'm, I heard him saying, I heard him saying, this is me paraphrasing. He said, oh, if any idiot listens to me speak it for 90 minutes if any person listens to me for 90 minutes they're an idiot and i started laughing in the car and i said bro i'm listening to you because he, he brought some he brought some stuff which i agree on and um right he he brought some gold nuggets man like he, he was just legit he was just straightforward on it i got you know i got quite a few people unfollow me because of that because me and christian we're both conservative like i'm quite conservative yeah and so was he and not many people like him because he's so oh. And so, but I don't care. I I think he's, he's actually got a lot of, um, a lot to offer, a lot of value. He adds a lot of value into this world. So. Yeah. So if you see, if you see, if you see him, just um, say, bro, um, just mention my name. Just just give him a special shout out. Uh, No, no, you can't make, you can't make everyone happy because if you're making everyone happy, you're setting yourself up for failure. So what, what Christian did, man, he just spoke out, especially in regards to relationships. You know, he, he he brought he brought down the ham on relationships. How he mentioned about how you know young islanders they go meet the woman they say oh this is my woman you know this is the dream and then next minute six months or five no a year later boom it's finished. Especially when it comes to relationships or even marriages. And you know even though we're done here, but bro he brought it like it is and said I was just I was just like yeah man that's true Christian that's hundred percent and yeah yeah no um yeah I know him quite well so yeah I'll definitely I'll definitely right. tell him tell him. Um, cool man cool thanks Tim. yeah so we've got like we've learned so much about you already but the podcast has just started and my second question that i have here is about uh, a mutual friend of ours who embarrassed me by telling, <laughs> by telling me that you are a senior pastor i don't know what made him think that yep uh, so here's my question i told him i was like i'm gonna get cruz to talk smack about you on his podcast so i said what is an embarrassing story about Tui? Okay, uh, I try. There's one. There's one in particular, but there's another one from my. Uh, yep. So, so, so Tui, he needed my help. So I'm a justice of the peace here in uh, here in Sydney, New South Wales. Yeah. So he rang me. He just needed some help in in regards to writing a reference reference letter. And I should, and I said, sure, I'll help you out, Tui. I'll help you out. So I wrote the letter. Went to meet him. And unfortunately, Tui, oh, when with me, I call him Tamana. With um with the man he has a tendency of getting out his camera and taking photos or videos of people, whether it be friends or relatives. So as soon as he done that to me, I just started laughing. I just started laughing my head off because I was saying to myself, "Bro, it's no use fighting this. Just embrace it. 
just trying to you know shine forth yourself on to his um storyline. Yeah. So I gave him his, I gave him my letter, gave him my letter, and I said to him, bro, this is what you do. Go to the immigration. When you go to the immigration, fold up the paper. And when you fold up the paper, reach to the person's ear and say, Hail Hydra. So if you know, if you it's Hail Hydra. So if you know Marvel, if you know, if you're into Marvel comics, Hail Hydra is a term from Captain America. So I tried to do that to him to try and turn him off. But the thing is with me, I laugh easily. And as soon as I saw Tui's face, I just started cracking. I started laughing because I can't keep a straight face when I see Tui because with Tui, he reminds me of, you know, Bill Duke? No, I'm going to look him up. <laughs> no. All right, look him up. If you want to look him up now, type in the actor Bill Duke and tell me that he looks like him 100%. It's like his long long brother, oh uncle. <laughs> like, you see it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's uh, the thing. Toy's handsome. What? Okay. Oh, yeah, he is. He is. But we, I, even back. So this is the thing. Back when I was young, when I was a child, as I was just mentioned about my childhood days, when I saw Toy, he reminded me of Bill Duke. But the thing is, I think the other children wouldn't know who's Bill Duke. They're probably know Will Smith, Eddie Murphy, Arnold Schwarzenegger, because those were the childhood action heroes back in the nineties. But if you mention Bill Duke, they say, "Who's that?" So when I see Tui, I think of Bill Duke immediately. So when he came back to the scene, when he when he came back to the story of the senior pastor, he got me back because what I tried to do to him, that hell hydro, that joke. So, so when I because when I because when I saw your message, I said, What? What did you get? What did you let me get this from? That's okay. And then and then when my, when it came to when I posted my birthday post on Fiji history. And Tui wrote, happy birthday, senior pastor. And then I made, oh, you know, and then I, I messaged him. I messaged him, but I just grilled him in regards to that. But there's another story. Yes. There's another story in regards to Tui. So this is through my cousin. My cousin shared me this story of what, um, what happened to what Tui did. So one of, one of my cousins, so my cousin, one of his friends, which know Tui as well, was ringing my cousin, ringing him in the morning. He got his phone, he answered it. And he said, hey, do you know Tui's number? I need, I need your help. I need, no, I need Tui's number. I need his help immediately. So without hesitation, just trying to go to, you know, so he can go to sleep, he just gave it away, gave it to Tui. Next morning, next morning, my cousin rings Tui. Tui answers the phone, and then Tui, and then my cousin goes to Tui, hey, um, did you get the phone call last night? And then he said, just let's say that Tui said some colorful words to him. To my cousin, say why? Why did you give him my number for? Why did you? What? Why? What for? And then my cousin said, "What happened, bro?" So this is Tui, bro, bro, the mate, bro. He will. He came to my front of the house four o'clock in the morning, knocked on my door, knocked on my door. He was full drunk, and then what happened was from there was he just wanted to move his car from the bottom of the bottom of bottom of the street. So Tui lived in one house. His friend just lived, lived at the other end of the street. So his friend, his friend, he said, bro, he just wanted to push the car from the bottom of the street just to the top of the street to his house, even though he's living not far from me. So hearing, hearing that out, hearing that out, I just cracked up laughing because he just got, he just, he just woke up just for the sake of pushing the car from the bottom of the street to the top. And that was it. But he could have just left his car 
at the bottom of the street and just wait the next day for Tui to wake up. <laughs> I had to wake up him, wake him up at four o'clock in the morning. So that's that's the stories that I have um, in regards to Tui. But uh, now he's he's for me it's funny. I, I don't know if it was for no, you, no, funny, but, Tima. No, no, I'm actually but, quite mad. I'm actually happy to hear that because he pissed me off. By, by yep. when I sent him the I sent him a screenshot of your message and I was like so embarrassed and he was just laughing could not stop laughing just going ha 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 and he was just like he didn't even care so I'm glad I, I hope that his I hope that he gets woken up at four o'clock again so, <laughs> so that's awesome so that's good. Okay. but but shout out to Tui though because like I have made some connections through him so he's connected me with you and he's connected me with Rock which is really yep. exciting so it's re it's really cool so I'm really grateful for him. And yeah, they, yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome to me. I also commend Tui as well, him and yeah. what the, the work they're doing. Because yeah. like when I listen to your Facebook video um, about you know what he's doing as a as an actor or what he's doing as a comedian, yeah. like they've gone into that sort of arena where you know you don't see much islanders doing it. Um, shout out to Tofinger. Um, for me, like uh, for us, for me is personally he was a big fan of mine. Because you know he was, you know he was a comedian, but he did it in a way that was clean. You know, it wasn't that very, it wasn't that very explicit or so. But sometimes, but what the finger did, something like what the finger did and what he's doing now, um, I think that's limits. There's limits to what he's done, like he's doing. Because I remember he was because Tamatui was interviewed by another podcaster of island of island origin, and how he mentioned that um you know with um with the finger. You know what he's doing is an awesome job, but there's limits to it as well for him to go about. Wow. So, like, but also, but shout out to the finger. Um, I was I was amazed that um he got backed up because he recycles his jokes. So, probably I don't know about that. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Um. No. So, so that's that's I've seen comments like the Samoan community can be very brutal. Um, mm. and especially towards your own, and it's always your own that, that try and bring you down. But I've seen comments on social media of. of um, people saying that and it's kind of true but again like to we said it's still really funny like it's still I yeah people still joke about it to this day like it's it's he's always going to be the most one of the most respected comedian comedy comedy comedians in the pacific community so yeah it's yep. yeah so yeah oh well that's good so thank you i'm gonna i hope to he gets woken up at four o'clock in the morning sometime soon yep. um, <laughs> so what, what inspired you to start the fijian history social media accounts because i've got quite a few friends um in suva and they know who you are and they're massive they're so grateful for the for the fijian history page and they actually showed it to me they were like oh this is really cool you know if you're um if you're ever into it you can you can have a read so what is, I'm interested to know what inspired um, that. Oh, sure. By all means, yeah, no worries, Tima. So going to primary school, this is, so I'm going to go way back to the beginning. So going to primary school, you know, I was raised up in a curriculum in Australia where we learned all about Australian history. Mm -hmm. The First Fleet, the Indigenous Australians, um, Captain Cook, Arthur Phillip, Colonel, all these things about Australian history as the years went by from primary to high school. And it came to a stage in my in my young adolescent life that I said, you know what? Um, no disrespect to our cult, the, the Australian culture and the way of life, but I want to learn my history. I want to learn Fijian history. Mm. So for me, um, when that came into when that came when it came to pass was in two thousand and six. So two thousand six, my my history teacher by the name of Mr. Martin, he said. So this was when I was in year eleven. He said, okay. I want each, so this was in ancient, in ancient history. <clears throat> so he said, okay, I want each of you students to come up with an assignment of your own choosing, 
of your own choosing. And the history, so there's the topic I chose was Fijian mythology. So I chose Fijian mythology and especially in regards to, um, uh, the, you know, the mythical creatures, the mythical gods back then, the, you know, the, the old gods of Fiji, um, the shape of animals. So, of course, Dakwanga, shark god, Dengue, the, the snake god, and especially other deities as well. And by learning these things, it made me really, um, it really fascinated me by hearing all these um all the, the past history of old Fiji, cannibalism, witchcraft, uh, the old chiefs, um, uh, and going on towards when the missionaries came over to the islands of Fiji to spread forth the gospel, the, the good news. And I got top marks for that. Um, I'm not sure if I do brag about it, but I got top marks for it yeah. because uh, you know, it really made me fascinated in my history. And and especially with the, one of the, um, the old cannibal warriors or cannibal chiefs, um, he holds the Guinness World Record today where he consumed 999 people in his lifetime. And according to mythology, if he had eaten one person, one more person, he would have been deemed immortal. So um, it really opened my mind, you know, my eyes and my knowledge in regards to Fiji mythology. So that was 2006. First high school around 2009, um, I went to Fiji for the first time in 13 years and you know, I worked hard. I worked hard from into 2008, 2009, sorry. I worked hard in my build up to my trip to Fiji. I saved some good coin and of course, buying shirts and buying gospel CDs. I went to straight to the Fiji Museum. Uh, going to the Fiji Museum, I bought all these books. I bought books on, uh, of course, um, Rato Sukuna, um, his memoirs, his biography, um, the Fijian way of life, Fiji and the Fijians, the history of Fiji. Um, how Fiji came to the way it's supposed to be, um, the Fijian Dictionary, and uh, all these other things as well. And the, I read all those books. I read it all. I read, when I came back in Australia in 2009, within, yeah, within three months, I read each book. Each book, some of them are thick as 300 to 500 pages. I just went through them all, um, wanting to learn more about history. And then, um, then we moved from 2009, around 2013. 2013, I, I started putting uh, history photos on my Facebook page. Uh, the reason being that led to that was because um, during those times of social media and even now, um, you know, unfortunately, social media has been used in a negative way in regards to, you know, people showing more fleshless clothing, um, provocative images, um, things that are not suitable for even young children to see, or even, you know, for those that are in the church or so, and, um, it's not good to see. So, I put photos up of, um, you know, Fiji or Fijian history, old photos. And, and that led on to my personal Facebook page from April, from February 2013 until December 6th, 2013. So December 7th, 2013, I said to myself, okay, you know, this Instagram is, you know, it's taking off like wildfire. I'm going to make an Instagram page called Fiji History on December 7, 2013. So, Tim, when I started in 2013, my goal was, my goal was in 2013, I had a five-year goal, five-year plan, five-year plan. I said to myself, okay, my five-year goal is to establish the Fiji History page, have around 2,000 followers, you know, a good amount of images, and see how it goes from there. So, five years Move it from fast forward to 2018. Instead of 2,000 followers, I had 20,000 followers by 2018. 20,000 followers by 2018, and it really, um, 
you know, it just really uh, it blew my mind away. It really blew my mind away seeing, you know, how far these pages come. So I turned it from a personal page on my Instagram to a business page, uh, which you can switch profiles on Instagram. Yeah. As soon as I switched it to a business profile on uh, Instagram, um, 20,000, you know, went up to 30,000, 40,000 last year was a symbol was a year that really meant a lot to me because it was our 50th and 50th uh, year of independence and to get 50,000 followers in the 50th year of Fiji's uh, independence it meant a lot to me uh, I may have not got an award or get recognition but as long as I put this as a way to mark the mark how far Fiji's come where it was now to where it is now uh, where it was back then to where it is now and where it's going and to see the page reach 50,000 was, was a great achievement. And, um, you know, people may say, um, are you the only one that runs the page? And I say to you now, Tim, and to those that may be listening later on, yes, I am. I'm the only one that runs the Fiji history page, both on Instagram and on Facebook. So going back to the Facebook one in 2018, so when it was the five-year anniversary of Instagram, I said to myself, okay, um, that's going well. We're going to branch out into the Facebook arena. So I had another one of my cousins that helped me out in the early days. And we started that out, um, yeah, so back in 2018. And as of 2021 now, um, we've gone to now 21,000 followers on the Facebook page of Fiji History. We were combined total together, which looking at 81,000 followers. And as much as I'm thankful for to see the growth and um, to see, you know, the Fijians and non-Fijians being interested in um, Fijian history, I always stay humble, Tima. I always stay humble. I don't want to get big-headed by it because, you know, this, this page is dedicated to the Fijian people to show, you know, what we, um, how far we've uh, gone in regards to the history of Fiji. And not only that, I, I do take this time as well to acknowledge the National Archives of Fiji, uh, Fiji Museum, other independent sources, uh, people that have helped me along the way in posting their photos of whether it be your relatives or family or in you know, a certain moment in time that they caught, then I said, I always ask, may I share this on the Fiji history page? And they say, by all, 99% of the time, they say yes. Sometimes they say no, and I have to respect that. It's, a, it's an opportunity that I wish that could have, um, could have happened, but look, I have to respect the people um, who say no. Top of that as well, you know, I acknowledge those people and like even those who they may listen, like well, to yourself as well, I don't have a degree in history. No, I don't have a degree in archaeology. I don't have a degree in any of these things. But don't, it, wasn't, it didn't stop me from saying, you know what, I'm going to take this. You know, I want to see, I want to use social media as a, as a powerful weapon, as a good tool, as a good source of positivity of showing history from a Fijian perspective. And not on top of that, I'm, I'm, you know, also shout out to Wells that there's one Samoan page called Ainga. I hope that I said it right. Uh, they show some the Samoan the Samoan culture, um, you know, they've got around 27,000 followers or 28, or I think 27,000 followers. And I really love the content that they show. And there was one other one, I think it was called Tongan History. Um, and they're showing some good, uh, they show some good uh, good stuff as well. I made, I, made, I made a Pacific History page, but it wasn't, um, how can I say, it was very difficult for me because I didn't want to try and offend anyone in regards to trying to showcase their history. So I said to myself, you know, I just, it's better if I just focus on the Fijian history because instead of trying to go, you know, two separate ways and trying to focus on it, it may not be successful. So uh, unfortunately, I had to discontinue the Pacific History Instagram page, 
but I kept on with the Fiji history page. And as of today, the Fiji history page is around, is at 60, yeah, 61,000, 61,000, 61,700 followers. So uh, I'm thankful for how far it's come. Um, and yeah, I'm just real honored to showcase uh, Fijian history and especially during the, that page as well. Um, there's some, been some individuals that they found photos, which they haven't seen before, of their family. And they message me and they say, thank you so much. Yeah, they say, thank you so much for personally. I haven't seen that in a while. I have not seen that ever. But a month from the positive, there's been some negative as well. Uh, there's people that have been critical of my work. There's been people that bag my work out. But as I said again early in the podcast, you can't make everyone happy. You know, I'm in the learning process of trying to make, you know, trying to showcase history. But even though I mentioned before that I haven't got a degree in history and that, but I'm pursuing it after I, I uh, complete my degree in social science and a master in child and community service, I do plan to pursue in getting a degree in ancient history to further my knowledge and also, um, in a way, um, showcase not in Fiji history, but also shout out to all the other historians in the Pacifica that are doing their part to see, you know, as far as, as young islanders, uh, even islanders that are born here in New Zealand, that, you know, we've got history, we've got a deep history and can be, it can go fine, it can help us realize and um, realize and understand that, you know, we've come a long way. Like I watched, um, you watched that movie, um, you watched that movie, Tim, um, is it pay, uh, Payback or Paycheck? Don't move the finger. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Like what moved, what moved me was at the end of the, was the credits. Yeah. And you see the old, the old videos and old photos of the Samoans coming to New Zealand, working, you know, going to, um, yeah, it's, um, and I and especially love the song, The Land of Milk and Honey. I actually bought it on iTunes. Wow. And it really made me, yeah, it really made me thankful, realize, hey, you know, it's not only from a Samoan or Tongan or Fijian perspective, but from an islander perspective of you know, the parents' history and our parents' history or, you know, coming down to a place such as New Zealand or Australia and giving us, you know, next generation a better opportunity to get a good, you know, good education or good job or good unit degree. You know, because, you know, it just shows how much they loved us. And that's why I really love um, those sort of things. I'm not, sorry if I'm going a bit off topic, but um, there's one other, there's one other scene. Um, what is that actor's name? Is it Lino Lino or one of the Samoan actors? They're all Samoan. Um. Yeah, sorry, all Samoan, yeah. The one that, the, the one that played us alongside the finger. Um, is it Lino Lino, his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I really admire this man's acting because there was a scene where he fought against his cousin and when he opened the bum bag and all the money was gone because he spent it all. And just the facial features that he showed of showing, you know, disappointment, showing uh, anger, showing all those things. It's like, bro, I can, you know, we, you know, I can relate to that or we can relate to that when family members spend all our money in that and realize, bro, that's all the hard work you know, that's gone down the drain. And, Sometimes I see that as for me going back, you know, with my parents where, you know, I didn't want to disappoint them because they, they've invested so much into my life. Like here in Australia, I remember watching on the news that parents, according to statistics, parents from will spend from the child, or with a child from the, this is just one child, from the day that they're born till 18, spend around $250,000 on one child. So it's like, a, that's a lot of coin. And, um, you know, that's, and yeah. So going back to the history part of it, um, yeah, I'm just thankful where it is now. 
And I'm just staying humble and see how far I go. In two years' time, Tima, will be 10 years, the 10-year anniversary of Fiji history. So we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, you've, d- you've done a remarkable job because I know that it's not just Fijians on that page and that enjoy the content you put out there. There's me and there's um, my auntie. Actually, it was my auntie who, who shares, because I-, I was over in Fiji at the time and she shared me a post, um, a- a one of the posts on Fiji history. So it was, it's really cool. And I think for the 10-year anniversary, I really believe that you should celebrate it. I think you'd like have it. <laughs> like i don't know like an awards show was to celebrate fijians in the everyday community or something i think it'll be amazing hey, yeah. yeah i'm trying yeah i'm really trying to yeah really one trying to think them what to do but uh you know um but also look i acknowledge even in the fiji history once again I, I acknowledge you know pacific islanders people pacific heritage going out of their comfort zone like for me during this history page Tima, i was really going out of my comfort zone i was thinking oh man what happened if i you know there's this are the real experts they think i've got it wrong and then but then the other mindset will say, you know what, just go, just do it, whatever happens, whatever occurs, and yeah, to see where it is now. Um, yeah, I'm just thankful for it. And like, coming you know, also for yourself, Dima, um, you know, with your podcast, it's awesome to see that, you know, interviewing people, Fijian Samoans, and also that uh, Saturday Fly, is that, uh, is that, uh, is that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Saturday Fly, that's awesome. And I, I really, when I listen to your podcast on Saturday, the origins of Saturday Fly, um, no, that's awesome, man, to see what it actually meant to you and by incorporate that into the business. So I really commend that. Thank and um, yeah, also to, um, yeah, just seeing Pacifica, you know, back to um, back to acting, like um, when I told especially in the comfort zone, um, I remember hearing, like listening to a podcast with Sosefina, is that the one? Yes, 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 yeah. Wow. And that, um, and I, I saw the trailer, I saw the trailer, mm-hmm. I saw the trailer and I, and I can see why heads were turning because this is actually like the first for me to see Islanders going into that sort of, arena of um, exposing sexuality, you know, going to see how, um, her name is Sosefina, how she had to go into that, you know, that area of being, of course, um, a stripper. And it really, and like, for me, like, really, like when seeing that said, yeah, like, even though it's been shown, but it just shows that, you know, sometimes we've got to be aware of uh, who really needs help. That the real part of why she went down that road, because no one was, um, no one was willing to know, no one was willing to help but uh, or if I got the storyline wrong. But um hearing um just seeing that especially Island is going at you know that window um you know going into that sort of arena zone, um, not in the Sosafina, but also rock and cab going into an area where you know there's more explicit language that they use. Um it's um things of course that can will turn heads around um from you know with all island, you know, island communities that shows that uh, the reality of things that are the reality of the world that we live in today. No, absolutely, absolutely, and and you've, you've yeah, um, yeah, no, of, of course. With that Sosefina video, yes, that was uh, they got a lot of a lot of slack because of um for that, that movie, and it never aired in the in the end of the day. Like I, I have, still haven't seen it, so um because oh, of, so they haven't haven't, they haven't released it officially. No. Oh, okay, it. okay. It's quite an interesting story, like Samoans as strippers. I don't know. <laughs> it's, quite mm. a, it's quite an interesting one. Um, yeah. Yeah. But speaking of, um, you know, you, I want to go back to, I want to stick to the topic of, of um, podcast and, and Fiji. Oh, sorry. My apologies. Oh, it, it's okay. Um, I, oh. Really wanna, I really want to, I've got another question for you, but I want to stick to this this topic. Um, I yep. really love the Everyday Fijians podcast and I've listened to a few. <laughs> and, and when I was listening, I just listened to the recent ones, um, when I was doing some research on you and, and trying to get your questions together. And I think I messaged you on Instagram about the, your cousin and the dead body. Cause 
when I was in year eight, I experienced something similar. Like we didn't see a find a dead body, but we actually witnessed this lady because um, our person was next to the beach and we witnessed her going into the water and then coming back like two hours later floating, like she kind of like floated back to shore. And all of a sudden, the ambulance is there and the police is there. And um, that was a real traumatic experience. So I just thought I was the only, like, because when I shared that story with people, they don't really believe me. So I'm really glad that your cousin shared that story. Because I was like, it actually happens. Like, it's crazy, but it happens. Yeah, so with um, yeah, with that story of my cousin, uh, hopefully he hears it. Shout out to my cousin, Nathaniel Nakui. So um, when he shared that, um, yeah, it was a real eye-opener. And... Like, especially when he shared that, I really wanted to ask him, what was the smell like? And, he, you know, he mentioned, I think he mentioned on the podcast or it, it was uh, on the podcast or Earth Aid, it's like, you can't, you can't explain it. It's like a, it's like a different kind of stink, you know, and um, for him to see that, especially at a young age, uh, with the high school he went to, um, it just really showed um, what he encountered as a, as a young boy, as a young Fijian. Yeah, yeah. See, that's why I admire about your platform. You're sharing stories of everyday people. Sometimes we just need a break from celebrities and influential people. We just want to listen to everyday people who we actually interact with. And I'm um, just going mm. to like the dead bodies. And I just, I find it fast. I'm, I'm a huge fan of CSI. I'm a huge fan of those crime shows. Um, but my mom, she was working at the hospital in Samoa where this tragic incident took place of a mother. She went to bingo and she locked her kids up in the room and she left the lamp in there just so they don't get scared of the dark. And so what happened was that lamp accidentally knocked over and burnt the whole house down with the kids locked <coughs> in the room. Yeah, oh. tragic. But um, when I was like, like, oh my God, what, what was it like when the bodies were brought into the hospital? She's like, it's like a really weird, different burnt smell. And I was just like, yeah, I could imagine. But yeah, it was tragic, but yeah. Wow. The stories. Man, didn't you? no, that's yeah, that's sad. It's sad to hear that. Yeah, it's real sad, but yeah, it's interesting. I'm so glad he shared that though, because no one ever believes me when I and it's not on Google because we didn't have um online here, like we didn't have the online newspaper, we didn't have online platforms back in the day, it was just old school newspapers. So I can't Google that to, to prove to people that it happened. I can, I've only got my old primary school friends, but they live in Christchurch, I live in Auckland, so I went to Christchurch in 2014. Oh. Uh, yeah. it's my hometown. I stayed. Um, so I, I think I stayed near the um, uh, stayed near the. Uh, so I stayed near the airport. I think the airport hotel, and I was like near a museum where you can. Uh, I think I was near the museum, so I stayed there. I went to visit one of the churches, but as well, um, it was three years after the earthquake. So when I went there, it was um, especially when I went to the main town. I felt like a ghost town. Mm. I felt like a ghost town. It felt like um. The rubble, the rubble from the earthquake was still standing. I heard that insurance companies went bust yeah. because they couldn't, um, they couldn't process the claims. There was too many claims in regards to it. But um, just seeing it, but it's it's a really nice place. I really, I really admired it. And uh, one of my cousins, he's a he's a he's a he's a Crusaders fanatic. He loves <laughs> the Canterbury Crusaders. So. Yeah. So yeah, you know that's um yeah it's it's, it's a wonderful place, Christchurch. It, it is, and it's really. Did you go during the winter? Yes, I did. It was very cold. You, you would have. I had the heat. I had the I had the heat of full blast. So that's how, yeah. that's why. And and by me having the heat of full blast, I nearly missed my flight on Monday morning because of the comfort of the heater. So I just made it. If yeah. I didn't make it, there would have been some. Uh, yeah, there would have been some angry bosses at work uh, if I came a day late. So yeah. 
it would have been very expensive <laughs> to rebook. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Christchurch is a real crispy cold. Like it's just mm. if it's, it's, but um yeah, oh no, that's good. So um I just came back from Christchurch last week. I yep. go back often um just to see my family and hang out and stuff. Um but all of the rubble from the earthquake is all cleaned up. Christchurch looks beautiful again. So oh that's wonderful to you. Yeah, I hope you can go awesome. back. It's just it's beautiful. Um, uh, deadly. Yeah, cool. So I'll just look at, we've had such a good conversation, my phone closed. So um, I love that you share about fellowship. Um, oh, actually, no. What inspired you to start the Everyday Fijian podcast? Thank you for, thank you for asking me that question. So at the beginning of this year, um, there was a podcast in Fiji called Vetalano Podcast, uh, made by one of the Fijians in America. America and yeah, so I was, I was listening to it. Because one of my one of my cousin's sisters was on the was on the podcast, and at the end of every podcast, she she said that the there's an app, there's an app called Anchor App, yeah. Anchor App. So I, I was that was this was back in January. So I was saying to myself, oh, should I start a podcast? Should I you know should I you know should I do something? But the thing is that uh, the thing, if I was to be honest, I was I, I was afraid. I was afraid because, oh, what happened? This doesn't work, you know? What happens, you know? So seeing the success of the Fiji History page, starting with Instagram, then branching out through Facebook, uh, later on down the month from January downwards, I saw, okay, maybe Fiji History, I mean, maybe Everyday Fijians can be a, another branch of the Fiji History Network uh, on Instagram. So when I started, um, so the, yeah, the podcast started in August, uh, in August last year, and I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to do a goal again. I'm going to say, okay, um, if I get, by the end of the year, if I get 100, 100 plays, I just said 100 plays, and an audience of 20, I'll be content with that. I'll be thankful for that. And as of now, I've just finished, I just finished wrapping up season three. As of now, um, so the goal was, the goal was 100 plays, an audience of 20. So as of now, we've gone, I've gone over, so 4,100 plays. We have a combined audience of uh, over 250 from season one to three. So to see it go that far, I was like, man, um, it's, uh, like I, I'm just lost for words. And covering an audience of 250, covering them, um, yeah, two, 250 from season one to three combined audience with around 37 nations listening. Um, I was just like, man, this is just um, something else. And interviewing people such as Rock and Camp, um, my cousin, as you mentioned, um, as you mentioned about the dead body, um, sweet bullet cakes in regards to their making of their cakes. Uh, you know, some rugby players, uh, individuals that are working in the healthcare sector or just their everyday Fijians. And uh, to see the page, um, to see that podcast come out as it is, uh, as it is now, um, yeah, I'm just thankful for it. Um, you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to see you know, this uh, podcast and, you know, Fiji History Instagram, Facebook page just uh, succeeding at a, at, a, you know, at a level I thought I would not see. And um, just to see the, yeah, the podcast and, you know, just to interview people and just to hear their story. And I always go, the, the phrase is everyday Fijians living in the everyday world, sharing their everyday story. And by them sharing their story, um, for me, I believe that there's other individuals that can relate to that story, that can relate to that sort of upbringing or relate to, you know, um, missing their families, uh, missing, um, you know, missing their families or appreciating their upbringing. Like uh, just before the episode with my cousin, I interviewed Sweet Bullet Cakes. And I, I, I was moved to tears when uh, one of the 
uh, one of the guests on the show started mentioning about, you know, the mother-in-law, you know, being an impact in her life. And uh, it really made me think of my mother and my grandmother, how they will impact my life as well. And just by hearing those things and hearing those stories from a, from a you know, face-to-face person, you know, for me, it's, um, it makes me honoured and privileged. And as well, um, you know, hopefully to the listeners as well on the podcast, it makes them realise that they're not alone in, uh, in sharing the story. And even when I interview guests or before interviewing them, uh, Dima, they always say, oh, what, what I'm going to share, what I'm going to do. And just like what you did, you send the questions beforehand. And I send the questions to them. And I always say to them, listen, these are the questions. I'm going to guide you through it. We're just going to talk. We're just going to, we're just going to chat. And by the end of the podcast, when they see the duration of the podcast, whether it's when it's nearly an hour, they're, they're very surprised. They say, wow, you know, like, what? You know, like I went for this long? I say, yeah, you went for that long because you have a lot to share on. And um, especially when I, when I interviewed Rock and Cab, um, when I interviewed those two in season one, episode 10, um, they had a lot to share. Like us with the mana, you know, coming from Fiji, you know, from the village lifestyle and coming into the concrete jungle and being where he is now today as a person on Kenya Bimo Pacific and with Joe Rokongo. Um, you may not know this team. If you do interview him with Joe, he was a, he was a talented rugby player. He was a talented rugby player. Um, he'll probably share that more. And if you do get the opportunity to share with one of the half of the Rock and Cab crew, um, seeing where he's going now with his, uh, with his, um, you know, with his acting career and with his podcasting on um, the Can You Be More Pacific ABC station and also being a father of three, uh, two you know, twins and a um, daughter. It's amazing to see that. And and that's why I call it everyday Fijians. It's not about, you know, it's not superstar Fijians or celebrity Fijians, it's your everyday Fijians, um, especially interviewing my second episode, second or third episode with uh, Solomon Vakaro, um, owner of the Buller Grays Instagram page. Uh, Instagram, that business here, Bullet Grace. And she, I love this statement that she shared because she, she came, you know, with her, she had doubts and questions about starting her business. But she mentioned, she mentioned this, you know, this statement, which I fully, fully agree on. And I, it said, if you don't have, um, if you don't have friends that are not, uh, that are not motivating you, that are always bagging you down, change your group of friends. And I said, bro, that's a, that's deep. That's a, Right, that's a gold nugget there, more than a gold nugget, more like a gold, gold coin, like a gold cube, or whatever the size it may be. Because, you know, as for, for as islanders, you know, sometimes we hang around our boys, or we hang around our crew, we hang around our, you know, our, our friends, our, our usos, or our tanganes, or, or our tokos, whatever the case may be, you know. But if you're not growing around them, if you're not growing, if you're just doing the same thing every weekend or every so-and-so and so, and you're not growing, then you've got to really question yourself. Am I really achieving what my parents wanted me to achieve? Am I really succeeding what my you know, parents want me to succeed? But in the end of the day, as much as we can share this, it comes down to the choice of the individual, the islander. So by doing this podcast, it's a way to not only raise, you know, hear people's stories, but for young Fijians that may be listening or maybe watching the Fiji history page to grow, to get out of their comfort zone, to not be that stereotype, to not be that... Oh, I'm just an islander, you know, I just work in a factory, or I'm, you know, just um just go with the flow, or you know, something, you know, along those lines. Because, you know, I'm when the because the reason as well by doing this podcast and establishing the page was for Fijians or Islanders to grow, you know. Like there, for example, when I posted on the Fiji history page, there was a lady by the name of uh, I think it's Dr. Oripawanga. Um, being the first Fijian in the Pacific, I think, to get a PhD 
you know, I think it was a particular field of nursing. And to see that, it's awesome. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, from a Samoan perspective, you know, he had seven bucks in his pocket and look at him now. He's, be, you know, he's, he's got the most, I don't know, I think he's got the most followers on Instagram and look what he's achieving now. He probably can be the next president of the United States. Yeah. Who knows? And like from a Tongan perspective as well, and like from Islanders. So by creating these things, you know, by you know, establishing a, a, the podcast such as Everyday Fijians or the Fiji History page, for us to show that we're more than just successful in the sporting field or rugby field. We can be successful in our own field. We may, we may not be the Jared Hain in the rugby field, but we can be the Jared Hain or the Semi Randranja in our particular field of employment or academics or whatever the case may be. Love that. Awesome. Um, that is, and it's definitely, um, it's true. Like for me, I'm more uplifted by the everyday people I surround myself with as opposed to being uplifted by um, other celebrities. So like, I feel inspired by you, by, you know, like you record your podcast in literally any social setting. Like you, you're not, for me, I put barriers on myself. I'm like, no, I gotta wait till it's quiet. I gotta wait till this, I gotta wait till that. But you're just like, whip out your phone or whatever you're using and you're just like, let's do it. And I love that. So, yeah, <laughs> thank you, Tim, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Um, and I've had so many um, podcasts, podcast guests where kids are running around and but it's just life like you, you can't yeah. you have to keep going um and i remember with um i don't know if you but with, with me and Tui's podcast his niece was constantly um yes yes I, I was telling him don't worry she's fine it's life yes we have fam it's fine it's not a big deal so um that was really cool um i want to move on to your faith because i love that you share about fellowship and doing god's work on your is that a plane there's a plane flying over my house we live not too far from the airport Okay, no yeah. worries, all good. Yeah. Uh, I really want to go to Fiji right now, man. Yeah, same. Uh, um, I, I love that you share about fellowship and doing God's work. So talk to us about your faith and how being a Christian has impacted your life. Oh, yes, thank you, Timo. Yes, of course, in regards to that question about my faith, uh, it's impacted me greatly. Yeah. Um, serving the Lord since I've you know, been 14 years old. Um, you know, I'm thankful that he has always guided me through, um, you know, especially, you know, when I came to the Lord as a 14-year-old, um, of course, being raised in Methodist and you know, Assemblies of God and where I'm now in uh, the Pentecostal in the Pentecostal movement, coming to the Lord as a 14-year-old, um, you know, especially during those times as a teenager, um, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. Um, but what I'm thankful for is the people that I was surrounded with. So my uncle's um, the elders of the church, um, hearing what they shared on the Sunday, Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, or Friday youth, uh, it really motivated me to you know, really just you know move forward in Christ. Um, you know, as he says in his word, that will never leave me nor forsake me. So with him by my side, I really you know, always realized you know that there was always that audience of one. Um, especially you know when I, during high school, um, of course there were challenges. Um, you know, especially on Friday nights. So Friday nights, uh, you know, all the friends will go out to their parties. They'll go to their parties, but I always chose to go to youth. The reason why they go to the, I didn't go to the parties was because simply there was no food. You know, it was just drinks. So <laughs> I'm sorry, Tim. I have to be real. They'll say when they say, "Oh, there'd be drinks, Tim, Michael. There'll be drinks." So would there be food? Ah, oh, no, not really. Just finger food. Oh, nah. Sorry, I can't do finger food. I can't do. Food. I'm just going to youth. So, you know, I go to youth and hearing the previous so sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. So, here, so hearing, uh, you know, going to youth on the Friday night, um, 
it really, um, it really I made, you know, hearing the preaching and, you know, really I, I strengthened my faith and strengthened my knowledge of the word God. Um, on top of that as well, um, what really also um, strengthened my faith as well was, um, uh, you know, not only my parents, of course, my parents, my grandma. Um, my grandma, she, she passed away as well five years ago. So, okay. so with my grandma, my mom always shared me this story. So I was born premature. I was born premature. And prior to my birth, the doctors look at the, the report or the, the, the report or, the, or how the birth is going. And the doctor said to my mom uh, back in 1989, the doctor said, um, it's either you or your son that's going to live. That's what the doctor's report said. You or your son that's going to live. But on the day of the birth, when I was born, I lived and my mom lived. So, you know, because my grandma prayed. My grandma prayed a prayer of faith. My grandma prayed hard that we both come out of this uh, alive. And we did. And, you know, what I'm thankful for as well, that, you know, playing rugby in high school, uh, you know, playing rugby, you know, my passion was to was to go, you know, play professional rugby. I you know, go as far as, you know, trying to make it for the flying Fijians. As much Fijians, most Fijians, you know, would like to play for the Fijians or Samoans, play for Samoa, Tonga for Tonga, so on and so forth. So, um, unfortunately, that did not come to pass. They came to a part in my final year of high school where there was some, you know, there was some differences happening at home. And unfortunately, led to my parents, um, my, my dad moving out, and it was just my mom and myself. And... It's like, oh, man. And in my final year of high school, team, my final year, out of all years. So I was getting good grades in my final year of high school. I was getting high 80s, you know, high 80s, early 90s. Because um, I love my, you know, because I love my schoolwork. I love my, you know, uh, academics. And especially history, I love my history as well. Uh, most of the island boys, they use, they chose uh, music, sports science, or PE. Because it's mostly practical. And there's less theory. Yeah. So in my final year of high school, um, yeah, you know, I had to work, I had to work and do school at the same time. And it really, it really affected my performance um, in the classroom. And, you know, there's concerns where my teachers were saying, oh, Michael, are you going to, are you going to finish year 12? Are you going to finish year 12? And when they said that, you know, I wanted to prove them wrong. Not in the way, in the way angrily, but I just want to show, look, I may be, I may not succeed, but I'm going to finish year 12. So I finished year 12, you know, while I was working. Um, I didn't get the marks that I needed to go into uni. Unfortunately, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be honest right now. But at the same time, you know, being in a country such as Australia, it, um, you know, there's many opportunities, probably the same as New Zealand as well, uh, if that's the case, maybe, yeah. So there was other opportunities as well to, you know, to venture out, to be successful in. So I just finished year 12. I did my HSC. I passed my HSC, which I thank the Lord for. And I got all the marks that I, you know, I defied the odds of teachers, but that didn't go good in the trials. So by me not getting good in trials, as I said before, I, didn't, I couldn't get into uni because it affected my UAI. My UAI was around 49, so I didn't even get the pass mark. So that's how low it was. I didn't get the pass mark. And I'm, you know, I just want to, I just want to say this, especially on this podcast, that yeah, I did part, I, no, I did fail. But look, you know, as I said earlier in the year before, I'm doing uni at the age of, you know, I started uni at the age of 29. And aiming for 2023 graduation. So I may have gone down the long road, but it's been a wonderful road. It's been a wonderful journey. So going back, going back, um, you know, for doing work at the age of eight, um, so 17, March 12th. I still remember the date. 
March 12, 2007, I started my first evening job at Toll Priority, uh, getting $28 an hour as in a 17-year-old. And for telling my clue, yeah, telling my schoolmates, yeah, telling my schoolmates back then, they, they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it because now nah, that's impossible. You can't because that's more than McDonald's money. So, so getting getting a good coin and helping out, it did help um, a long way, but it was a sacrifice I had to make in looking after mom. So mom wasn't working a full-time job. She was working full-time job, but it was just 20 hours a week. So it wasn't your 38-hour week. So working 20 hours a week, I had to do them, um, I had to I had to do the hard yards as well, helping her out and doing schoolwork, um, try as best as I can, but still, because what was on my mindset, as much as I wanted to achieve in schoolwork and that was was with mum. But through the, through that all, you know, there's that song by Andre Crouch, just called Through It All, Through It All. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. And it was through it all. It was through it all that looking back then as an eight-year-old till now, um, you know, God and the Lord has protected me and guided me through and strengthened my faith as years gone by. So from that time till now, you know, I thank the Lord that I've been able to travel to places I haven't been, I haven't thought I'd travel to. Uh, going to 16 nations, um, seeing parts of the world I haven't seen before, going to churches I haven't seen before. I've been to Samoa. I've been oh, to American Samoa. Yes. I, in Samoa, I stayed in a place, Siusenga. Uh, Siusenga, uh, that's Yep, I stayed there with a with a wonderful Samoan family. Uh, got to you know been um, you know having dinner with them and you know, they had their devotions uh, at six o'clock every night. They prayed and they read the word. So hearing that and respecting that, I went to the Robert Louis uh, Robert Louis Stevenson Museum. Uh, went through his house. The the name of the the name of the tour guide. His name was Nitro. Nitro. Some one man named Nitro, but he had an accent of a Scottish person. But um, I don't know if it, that was his real accent or it's just um, improvising. I don't know the case. Yeah, but um, but that's amazing. <laughs> you went to Samoa. So uh, one of my friends and and a few of my cousins work in the hotels, and they said that every time um, a Fijian rugby team, whether it's flying Fijians or whatever, because they they go to Samoa often, um, and they the girls go crazy. The girls go crazy. It's just over the over the Fijian boys. So I'm not sure yep. if you experienced that. Did you experience that? Uh, unfortunately, no, I didn't experience. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I stayed here. So I stayed. I went to American Samoa. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, so when I went to Samoa, um, man, I was amazed that you know McDonald's is a, a McDonald's over there is pretty expensive. Yeah. But bro, it's packed yeah. out. But it's. But it's packed out. I saw it, it's packed out. Like I saw, like for me, I wanted to get a Big Mac meal, but it cost me like $20. And like, bro, that's a... $30 for the large one. Wow. Like yes. But yeah. yeah. So went there, but then when I went to American Samoa, the currency is the American dollar. I got a Big Mac meal for $6. So it was like, yeah. it was something else. And um, I've been over in the, been, been the both Samoan region since a... Uh, I was thankful for the opportunity, but also I flew, when I flew the plane from Samoa to American Samoa, small plane, and I didn't under, and I didn't realize that my bags would be coming the next day. So when I landed in Pango, uh, my bags weren't there. So they said, "Come back tomorrow," and I was saying to myself, "Bro, this is a first. So I ended up going to the hotel. Sorry, it's so unprofessional. Did they yeah. work in a hotel or anything? Yeah, I went to my hotel, but I had no, I had no clothes. So I was in the clothes end for the whole night, oh. and I went back to the, I went back to the airport the next day to pick up my bags. So when I went back to Pong, when I went back to the airport, I said to them, "Listen, can you put this as um, 
uh, priority because I need to go back to uh, Fiji on the same day. So they put it as high priority. But overall, um, I enjoyed it. Um, when I, I enjoyed my time in Samoa, American Samoa, uh, been to Papua New Guinea, Thailand, um, Bali, uh, Hong Kong, Macau, and all these wonderful places. Um, you know, that just sees um, how big, you know, because what I learned was is that when you travel, it makes your view of the world more rounder. This is what I learned from a friend. It makes your view of the world more rounder. And it's going to go to America, go to the United States. Like um, I went to, when I went to Disneyland back in 2013, I kid you not, Tim, I started crying. I started crying because the reason why I started crying was because it's like, this is your childhood dream. You know, you watch this on TV. Like I started, bro, like I had to start wiping my eyes off because like, bro, I'm in Disneyland. Now this is, this is where it all happened. And I kid you not, when I saw Mickey Mouse, uh, I started screaming and running. As a 24-year-old, I started screaming and running, and I was so tempted by pushing children out of the way because I wanted to see Mickey Mouse. So, yeah. see, you know, it's, um, I'm so thankful that you know, the Lord has taken me um, to all these places uh, around, you know, Asia, Asia, you know, Asia, North America, Asia Pacific region, and um, I'm just so, so thankful for these um, opportunities, and and especially with my faith as well. But um, back in 2016, um, so my mom passed in June 6, 2016, which would be five years. And my grandma passed a month later in July. So two influential figures, yeah, two influential figures that uh, they helped me along my walk. I love my dad as well. He's just out there watching TV. Um, two figures that helped me, they passed on. And uh, my, my grandma passed two weeks before ADF. So she was so close to making that mark. But unfortunately, it did not come to pass. But I'm always forever thankful and grateful. And the reason why I continue to persevere, to continue to have you know have that good ad, you know, good attitude and increase my faith is because I always think that you know I pretend that my mom and my grandma are still here, that they are still alive, and I'm going to you know keep on moving on. And if I was to say to you, Tima, and to any of your listeners, or to well, if you post this on your page, or to anyone that listens, you know, love your parents. Love your mom and dad because there'll come a time in your life where it'll become a memory. And, you know, and I, if you, you know, if your parents are still alive, them, I love them. You know, I know you understand you're busy. Like this is, as you said in your last um, podcast, you have, uh, you know, sometimes you have anxiety, yeah. you know, you have those, um, you know, you have those problems, you know. So, of course, you know, I can use that, you know, the Lord will give you peace and comfort on top of that. But also, you know, um, love your parents, you know, love them, you know, give them a phone call. To anyone that may be listening, give them a phone call. Say, how are you, mom? How are you, dad? And the house things, so on and so forth. Uh, the good Lord gave me 27 years with my mom. And unfortunately, with a health deteriorating and you know, being a diabetic and having malformation, malformation, you know, at the time, I, I, as, you know, as much as try to reject it, but I knew the Lord's going to take mom, mom soon. So, you know, the Lord has guided me throughout these years. And you know, on top of that as well, I ran in the federal election. So two weeks before... Two weeks after mom passed, um, I was a candidate in the 2016 federal elections here in Australia. And it was either, should I go on or should I quit? But, you know, as I said, again, my scripture during the hard times, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. I said, and I said to myself, you know what? Let's do it. Let's go. You know, let's go guns blazing. Let's, let's do this. No, you know, not only just as a Christian, but also as a Pacific Islander. You know, as an islander showing that we can, you know, we're not gonna, I'm not going to be that stereotype that's just going to be a factory work or something like that, or just a, you know, just a six to two or nine to five, whatever the case may be. 
I want to continue on. And you know, by going in these elections in 2016, and at the end of it, I came top four. I came top four in those federal elections in the seat of Hughes, four and a half, four and a half thousand votes. We have, uh, I think, four and a half thousand votes with a percent that's a percentage of four point, I think, four, four percent or four point eight percent. So four and a half, it's like what I can't get over is four and a half thousand people actually voted for me in the federal elections. And uh, I thank the Lord for that. You know, there's so much support behind me. My dad posted something on Facebook uh, in reaching out to the Fijian community. I was invited on radio with my uncle about the federal elections and, uh, you know, just showing that, you know, nothing's impossible when, uh, when you believe. And, you know, I thank the Lord, you know, um, especially last week, turning 32 years old. You know, serving the Lord now for 18 years. And look, I'm single and I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, there are probably 30 plus European you know, islanders, someone, well, whatever, someone Fiji and Tongan, they may be single and they say, you know, it's, um, oh, it's the end of the world. But look, you no, know, I always put it this way the Lord will save the best one for you. You just got to keep on being patient, you know, try not rush it. So, you know, 32, still single, but as long as I have Jesus in my life, that's the most important thing that occurred to me. So you know, he has guided me through. I've been so being blessed to go to nations I've been to before, um, to be on this podcast, man. Tim, I tell you, I kid you not. When when you, when I was asked by you to be on this podcast, I was like, bro, me, <laughs> me, just to be on this podcast with other people you've interviewed in Japan or with Cab or with Papolini or with Chris Manito or Brown, and me as one of your guests on this podcast. It's like, man, it's like, Lord, this is just you, and I'm I'm just thankful for the opportunity. And overall, you know, as much as I travel or being used or being interviewed on, I just stay humble and say, Lord, I'm just going to be humble. Wherever you open the door, I will go. Amen. Amen. I love that. And I'm really glad that you're on this podcast because, you know, again, like I like to commend and amplify um, the voices of people who share other people's stories. So, um, and so when I asked Toya, when I saw you on Toya's story, you must have been delivering food to him. I was like, hey, I know him. I never, I, I'm just like, how do you know him? And he's like, oh, he's my childhood friend. I'm like, get him on my podcast, please. And then so... I hope so he did uh, ask you. Did he ask you? Yeah, he asked me. And then when I when I saw your page, and I was like, because like, um, with Tui, he sometimes be, he's a prankster. You know, it's like, is he telling the truth or is he pulling my leg? And then when I saw you message me, I said, bro, wow, this is the real thing. This is the real deal. And uh, you know, I'm just thankful for being acknowledged for my, um, for my work um, in regards to, uh, you know, what I'm you know, doing for the Fijian community or so. Um, people may ask, people, if I was to even share this as well, people may ask, am I getting paid for this? Am I getting paid to do my podcast? So, you know, post, I'm not, you know, I know people may say, oh, I should do it, you should. But like, for me, like, you know, it's like, for me, it's the passion. Um, for me, it's like, you know, I'm not doing this so I can get paid. I'm doing this because the love of it. You know, I may not be, I may, I may not get you know, a six-figure check or that, but there's more to life than money. You know, this is for me, is a passion to show for the Fijian people to, to be, you know, that, to put the, the page of Fiji history as, you know, people, you know, that may be working in the markets or people that are growing crops, you know. Um, yeah. And I, like if, if I was chairs as well, like I get, I get, you know, I get teary when the Fiji national anthem is played, you know, whether it be on a rugby pitch or anyway, because that's where my parents came from and that's who I represent. And yeah, just do it for the love of it. And um, I forgot to mention, sorry, sorry, I forgot to mention one thing in regards to my faith during COVID. So I finished on April 9th, 2020, and that was during the peak of COVID. 
And work, workmates were saying to me, oh, why don't you finish? Why, why are you finishing, Michael? Why, why are you leaving? You, know, you should go. You should, no, you should stay. You should stay at your workplace because there's, um, there's, you know, there's no job out there. And I, I respect, I know where they're coming from, from that perspective, from that point. But I knew deep within myself, I knew, no, this is the right time for me to leave. Even though it is disastrous, um, disastrous what's happening globally, especially from then till now. But I said to myself, Lord, I'm giving my trust to you. You know, I'm giving my trust to you. You're going to open the door. So I finished. And then, and then um, yeah, just a couple of days later, I started doing my career work because I was doing part-time. So when I was doing Prima, I put this shit in Prima. When I was doing Prima work, after my 71 mom passed, I did Korea and Uber. Uber driving and menu lock. So it was real pretty hectic weekends. And when I gave up Prima, so there was already still the career work, but I turned it from part-time to full-time. And one year later now, I'm still working, um, food on the table, bills are getting paid, you know, and uh, and there's no there's no one screaming at me. There's no one yelling at me. There's no one telling me to do this, do that, do that, hurry up, you're too slow. So, you know, doing the career work right now, and I just thankful because, you know, you're not, the Lord will not let these people go begging for bread. And I'm just thankful right now that I'm um, yeah, here and now here on April 28th, 2021, here on this uh, wonderful podcast. Oh, so, yeah. It. Thank you. Um, so, just, um, so my family own a courier as well. So, um, we owned it for many years, and sometimes I jump on the courier and help and do deliveries as well, which is really humbling, but I'll only do it. I haven't done it in years. But, I mean, in the past I have but I feel like when I am driving uh, or when I'm on public transport I feel or even on an Uber like I feel like that's when I have my best thinking time and I'm wondering I mean as a someone who drives who, who does drive for a living in in, in some ways and do, do you have do you experience like any spiritual breakthroughs or any like any mental breakthroughs while you're driving as well oh yeah 100% demo um no, when I drive, especially when I listen to podcasts, I'm yours or the other one, other podcasts I listen to, like the, the, the words of wisdom that you um, that is being brought forth through the audio into my mindset, um, there's a current of that breakthrough, whether it be from a spiritual breakthrough or mental breakthrough, uh, especially as an islander, as a Fijian, um, uh, as a Pacifica person, you know, those breakthroughs in a way help me to really enhance my knowledge or in a way really make me think. Um, especially if I also go in regards to how you brought up about money, I believe in one of your podcasts about finances, like you mentioned about, you know, buying things that we shouldn't buy, you know, we just wear it once and then we don't wear it after that. Or our way of spending, we go take out where there's food in the fridge or there's, you know, certain other elements, especially to an islander's perspective of finances, but we're negligent that. And also on top of that, we don't speak about it. So it really makes me really think, like, um, I tell you now, because of what you said, um, I remember going through my eBay page and realized seeing all these items, I said, man, you know, Dimas just brought some few pointers here. So I started deleting them one by one. And on the top of that as well, reading books um, on finances, in regards to a mental breakthrough, especially from a financial perspective, um, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes, yes. I've read Rich that. Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a very good book. I recommend it to anyone that's read it. If you've read it, Demon, uh, that's awesome. Uh, it gives you insight on how to save. You know, people try to think, oh, if I get big money, then I'll start saving. No, no, it starts from the basics. It starts from the money that you receive that you can grow by the way you save, by you know, doing, you know, certain things and that. And, um, when it comes to spiritual breakthrough as well, listen to the preaching or listen to hear the word of God. It makes us, um, especially when it comes to comparisons, 
Um, you know, the word of God states, of course, you know, if you compare, you know, yourself with, you know, with other people, it's not wise. And on top of that as well, comparison is the death of joy or it's the thief of joy. Because with comparisons, we're trying to compare each other. You know, I've seen for me from a Fijian perspective, I see with Fijians, we try to compare each other by trying to get the best car or trying to get the most clothing or trying to be, you know, someone, someone, you know, someone you're not supposed to be, but you're going over that limit by, you know, being, you know, by doing comparisons. And with that sort of uh, mentality, I've, I've learned to enhance that or learn to um, put into my mindset by not comparing, but also from a spiritual perspective, be content with the things that you have, both physically and spiritually, um, to, you know, laugh more, be happy, um, you know, be joyful. Even in the times of sorrow, sorrow may endure in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, being thankful and you know by driving in that it makes me um hearing podcasts um it makes me really think about uh yeah just about you know the spiritual mental side of thing and life as well in general you know life as well like you know we're not getting any younger um Tima, if you found the fountain of youth please tell me but from my from my views uh from my side i haven't found the fountain of youth but you know it's about you know living Okay, living one step at a time, living one day at a time, and being thankful for the little things. If you get up and wake up, that's awesome. That's wonderful. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's that. I hope I've answered your question correctly. Yeah, Emma. You answered my question like you went over and beyond, so it's good. Okay. <laughs> um, what has been your biggest learning lesson during the COVID nineteen se uh, season? You've already touched on that, but um, if there's anything else you'd like to add, oh yeah, be really great. Love people, love, love. love. Um, love those around you. You know. Like, um, see, when this COVID thing came, you can't hug people, you can't shake their hands, you know, either you fist bump or elbow bump, yeah. or, you know, the basics. It's like, man, it, it's, um, it's, it's like when you read it, it looks so simple, but it's so powerful. And I've just learned how to love. Like, I'm thankful for the Lord's um, protection over my household. Like, my dad, um, he's in that age range where, you know, COVID strikes, um, will strike, you know, that age group very, very hard. Yeah. And I'm thankful he's still alive and uh, his missus as well. And I'm just thankful, you know, for me and my family. I haven't had any family affected. Uh, of course, my, my you know, thoughts and prayers to those in India right now, where the COVID is just hitting an extreme rate. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, Fiji, there's 42 cases now. And this the COVID, 42 cases, yep. And the, the same traces, the same COVID strain is the same as the one in India. So right now, there's high-level alerts in Fiji. But according to what they said in Melbourne, where they're getting help from, it's um, we're containing it well and we're containing it in the correct manner. So there, that's what I'm, yeah, that's just really concerning right now. And especially on top of that, you know, um, just really, you know, loving people and appreciating life, um, yeah. you know, yeah. and especially, sorry, and especially funerals, like, man, I felt for those that died during the pandemic and you couldn't, they couldn't be like, everyone to visit and you know island funerals they're big funerals and to and you know what's the hardest thing i found Tima, was where people had to choose who can come who can sit at the funeral or when it came to you no know, wedding or whatever the case may be like for, like i tell you right now when it came to a christmas dinner last year Tima, i was on the waiting list i was on the waiting list for a christmas dinner for a christmas lunch it was one of my close relatives. I was on the I was on the waiting list, but I laughed at it. I laughed at it because it's like, <laughs> you know, oh well, if I'm on the waiting list, I'm on the waiting list. So, 
you know, it makes you really. It's, it's like, well, now I know where I stand. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, but especially for those at funerals, like you have to choose who can come. You know, it's like, bro, that's hard to, you know, it's like, you know, of course it's the close family, but how about everyone else? And um, look, maybe people listen, they, they may be conspiracy theorists, or they may be, but overall, you know, if we take those things out about loving those that are around you, love your family, you know, love you, you know, love those that, you know, that you value in your life. Yeah, and, and I love it. And so even in church, like we're not even religious, I'm Catholic. And so we have to do um, like, you know, my whole life, I've just used to like shaking everyone's hand, but now we just have to do this. Like everyone's just gone like that. Like just yep. Yeah, so we can't. <laughs> like you can like in your own bubble, but like to everyone else, you just have to go like that. So yeah, it's wow. just, you don't realize okay. you, you don't realize how different it is until you're like actually in church and you're like can't even say you know shake my auntie's hand who's sitting behind me like. But yeah. Yeah, and also I'm um, not forgetting the 1.5 social distance. Yeah. Oh, New Zealand. Like... New Zealand's two meters. What? Two meters. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Wow, that's something else. But um, I'm interested because you're so like, I just it's evident in the work that you do um, for Fiji that you're very passionate about your, your heritage, your culture, where you come from, and I guess the Pacific in general. And for me, like I am very, my, my background is in social work and social work and obviously media and communications and through this as well. Um, and so I love discussing business ideas and, and also how to link those business ideas with charitable ideas. So I'm interested to know if you could start up a charitable organization that benefits those in the Pacific, what would it be? Yeah, this, this question really got me thinking. I was like, trying to see what I, I gave Tui a similar question and he was like, I thought all day about this. And I was like, oh, that's good. Which I, I really so, so correct me if I'm wrong, Tim, I believe from from your perspective and Tui's perspective was about opening a shop. I mean, was that... Uh... I was going to open up a juice bar. I called it a cafe. Yeah. I didn't want to tell him. But my one is actually just a juice bar. I'm going to tell you because I trust yep. you. You're cool. Because um, I know that Tui's popular and if he steals it, then oh, I'm going to be out of business. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to tell him. Um, he wanted to open up a cafe. Um, I want to open up a juice bar. Just that's it, like a local juice bar, utilizing all the fruits in the farms and just selling it to tourists and like really humble stores. Like that was my idea. Mm. So he wants to do a cafe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So the scene that from my from my perspective uh, in regards to a charitable organization, um, how do I do it for me as an individual, uh, either here in Sydney or in the islands? Is um, for me, I thought about was just through my the Fiji history just through the Fiji history page or through that sort of enterprise mm-hmm. of um, expanding it in the way of people sharing their stories and sharing their identity. And in a way, um, it sort of brings that notion of the six degrees of separation, but more closer in a way by giving forth their stories and how their stories can further encourage people to be successful in their own, chosen in their own other fields. Like from an educational perspective, I think of uh, Professor Chochi Rabulo. You know, the first professor here in Sydney, Australia, of Pacifica heritage to, you know, be held up, holding a position that is high up, especially in Sydney University. So, um, yes, yeah, so that's my thought. I watched Professor Georgie's interview this morning. It was on uh, New Zealand um, radio. He was on the New Zealand yeah. radio. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's, that's uh, I hope I answered correctly. Emma, that's just my thoughts and just, my views from... 
I have an idea for you. You know what you could do? Have you heard of um, Thank You? It's a it's a brand in um, Australia, and, and they sell okay. soap, water, um, like shampoo. Like it's called Thank You. But anyway, what they do is that they. I thought with the Fiji history, you've already got the following. How about you collate everyone's stories like into an inspiring book, and people can donate whatever they want, or maybe sell it for like twenty dollars each. So you can imagine if all sixty thousand of your followers bought a five dollar book, or two dollar book, or three. Like that's a lot of money that you could like not only get for your charitable trust, but also for yourself. I don't know. Oh, wow. You know what? You just got me thinking now. You just got me thinking in regards to that. I'm but I'm... Um, your project manager and, like, get a cut out of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all good. But uh, I wonder how the, the, the step for me uh, when it comes to this, uh, um, like, uh, how would I start? How would I get the books? Or how would I... No, so basically you can do like ebooks because ebooks you can do them free through uh, yep. Canva. I mean, it's easy because it just, you just download it straight on your on your book. I think the startup cost for something like that may be about three hundred dollars. And wow. yeah, so you, you just set up the website. The web you have Shopify in the website, which that's free. Shopify just takes yep. it out of it, and you just get about I don't know twelve different stories of different yep. people. And then because I write blogs, that's why I'm interviewing Rock about his business. So I write for the Pacific Business Journal. And basically, I get these stories and then I interview them and I turn it into a story. And then um, what you do is you just turn it into a really inspiring book. And you can have different seasons. You can have different themes. So Fijian rugby players. And then the next theme could be Fijian mothers for Mother's Day. Or the next one would be Fijian uh, in the media, like with Brock and Okay. Yeah. And then, you can, and, you can sell, and then you can put a portion of those books towards any charity you want in the Pacific. And then, of course, keep a cut for yourself. Okay, well, we should. Uh, I will talk to you off air after this. Uh, or if you can send me the links, uh, no, that's that's a uh, you know, you just got me thinking that's like another branch I can look at as well. Yeah, I um, mean, regards to expansion. Thank you so much, Tima. I appreciate okay. it very much. That's okay. I mean, I think um, that's just like my, my gift from God. Thank God. It's like when someone, <laughs> when someone gives me an idea, I, I'm like, oh, we could because I love to think outside the box. And so I just think it's a great idea, and I think Fijians will really get behind it because it, it, it aligns with who you are as a person because you're quite you're into reading, you're into history. It only makes sense to create like an ebook, and it'll be cool. Like, how many Fijians can say that they've been in a book? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Cool. It'll be an honor. So that ebook, that that ebook will be compatible rather with um iBooks and all that. If everything, it's it's so easy. Uh -huh. The fact that people don't do it is crazy. But I can definitely right, cool. message you after this. It'll be a good project for you. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. 100%. Thank you so much, Dima. Yeah. yeah, no, no, of course. And then if you have, like, Tui on it, just make sure her story is, like, really bad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. No uh, worries. I'm, I'm more than happy to message you after this and, like, send you, like, how it's done because I've done it before. Um, All right, cool. Awesome. So what advice would you give to other males out there who struggle to open up, reach out for help, or to talk about their struggles? Mm, thank you for that, Dima. Uh, in regards to that, of course, for me, being a Christian, um, uh, from a faith perspective, of course, is, uh, you know, put your faith in the Lord or so. But, of course, not everyone is like that. Uh, for, you know, it's amazing when you mention this question, I remember back in the days, this would not be talked about, you know, for especially once island, this is like, it's like, you know, that uh, tambu, you know, it's like, nah, you know, this is, this is a tough limits. We don't talk about it. It's like, just go to church, you know, and pray, just pray or so. 
But then we're starting to see this open up, especially amongst the Pacific Island community, um, you know, about talking about mental health, you know, about, you know, the struggles or the challenges they face about meeting with families' needs, um, you know, especially with a family, you know, you have a family of 12 or 10 plus, it's like, you know, it's a very big challenge. And, um, you know, it was in regard to that sort of, uh, you know, in regard to mental health or so, um, speak to people that you trust, uh, people that are encouragement, not a discouragement, people that can lead you to an avenue of uh, lifting you up instead of putting you down, or, you know, trying to show you avenues or so to go to, to seek help, whether it be from an, you know, the elders of the community or from a church perspective, go visiting the, your pastor or, you know, so on and so forth. But even from a non island view, there's other, like here in Australia, they have here, are you okay? You know, um, so it's a bad uh, company, I believe, in regards to your mental health, you know, because, um, you know, I've seen this being the reason so many times, uh, you know, mental health or so, because, you know, the saying goes, everything starts at home. Um, and I believe that, you know, as I say again, go to people that are, you know, that are very positive, that can help in some way or some manner. Um, for me, like I'm always here for family or friends, they share to me and I always go back to the word of God. I always go back to the Bible. I always say, I pray with them and for them to help them guide them through. Um, but like, um, you know, it's been risen so like risen like never before. And by that being risen, there must be a way to deal with it. And especially in social science, what I'm learning right now at Western Sydney Uni, um, is about, you know, researching these sort of things, uh, how to deal with it, how to overcome it, how to create avenues or so for people to speak. Because, like, for me, being an island, uh, islander, but not only as an islander, but as a boy, if you spoke up, like, as a, you know, uh, like, playing, like, being like a rugby player, so, so, oh, you're too weak. Oh, you're soft. Oh, you're nothing. You know, you're, those add colorful words. You know, you know beep, 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 you know, they had these sort of words or so to try and, but we've seen it more like, especially rugby players, rugby league players. Um, like, unfortunately, a couple of years ago in uh, France, I believe it was in France, uh, one Fijian hung himself. He hung, yeah, he hung himself, a rugby player, committed suicide because of the pressure, the mental health, because like with Fiji, like I, I love all my family in Fiji, you know, or in the islands. But sometimes they think we live with us here, living here in Australia, New Zealand, that we have a lot of money. We, you know, we have, we have yeah, we have so much income. You know, we, they think we're millionaires, but they have to realize, hold on, we have to pay for rent, electricity, phone bill, internet, month Netflix, or, you know, those things. You know, we have to look after the household here. And they have to realize that. You know, like for me, sometimes, for me, sometimes I get, I, I sometimes get frustrated when, when a family member you know, just all of a sudden messages me and say, oh, can I have um, 200 or $100? And it's like, you know, where's the, how are you? How are things? It's not straight to the question, you know, because, by, you know, they have to understand that we come, you know, we have, we have expenses to meet as well. Like a classic example was um, hearing a, uh, like, well, I think it was Samoan Otongan, where he said it in a humorous way, where he said families back in the islands, they're more, they're more better than the FBI or the CIA. Because even when we change our number, still they find our number. Still they, they trace us back. They track us down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are many other things, you know, many, many certain mini, um, mini episodes in regards to mental health. And it's, um, it is, um, it is unfortunate, you know, unfortunate it's, 
you know, it is sad that you know, mental health is raising. It's um, been risen up. It's shown the effects of it. But we're going to do our part as the island community to try and, um, yeah, do our part in combating that and in trying a way to try and minimise it to the best of our abilities or so. So, um, you know, especially when for me, mental health as well, like, you know, seeing islanders end up in jail. Um, for me, I feel... Uh, like, like for me, this is from my perspective, it's like, you know, the influence of what they see on TV, you know, being, you know, being, you know, all, all you know, you know, like having to say all gangster, all streetish. And, you know, it's like, bro, your parents came from the islands to here to give you a better living, not to be raised up like some, you know, like wannabe on the what you see on TV or gangster thug or that, but they came in to give you a better opportunity to live a life that they didn't live or to have the possessions they didn't have. Like I still remember when my parents shared a story when they used to see, you know, toys or that, you know, by the car, by outside, but they couldn't, you know, couldn't afford it because, you know, it was expensive. And um, yeah, it's just about doing our part. Like for me, uh, once again, if I was to go back to your original question, of course I guide them through the word, but also, um, you know, go to people that you can trust, people that are, you know, that are well known in these areas. Or go there's hotlines right now. I don't know, New Zealand, probably New Zealand but also um, here in Australia. So hopefully I've answered that, Timo, um, respectfully. That's been, that's been, that's really great. I love that. And I hope that any males who listen to this um, will benefit from, from that. Um, who, what is your go-to scripture when you're going through a hard time? Oh, yeah, just, uh, just the scriptures I mentioned before, Philippians 4.13 and uh, Proverbs 3.5-6. to 6. Those are my key scriptures I apply. Of course, there are other scriptures as well in the word of God that I go through. But those are the, uh, the main ones that are help me, um, you know, every day and uh, every day as I go on, you know, as I live and breathe on this planet that God wonderfully made. And, you know, just um, even at times, you know, by applying the scriptures, you know, at times as an individual, we look forward and see how far we've got to go. But at times we've got to turn around and see how far we have come. Mm. So by seeing, you know, that is how I apply myself every day. Like um, if I was to go back, if I was to add more to that, uh, Tima, especially with those scriptures and with my testimony as well, uh, you know, God has, you know, I paid off my car this year, talking about financial debts, finances, yes, you know. I still got it. I still got another two more. But that when that burden of the car was paid off, I kid you not, Tima, it was like a burden just went off my shoulders. It was like I can breathe somehow. It's like, because when I was doing Uber, Uber was more mandatory, wasn't optional. I had to do Uber to pay off the car because paying all this off, paying all that. And by paying that off, now Uber is an optional. So, and also on top of that, Dima, like with this car, it's a 2014 Toyota Orion model. And what really motivated me, especially with the scriptures, by paying off this car was back in the 90s, uh, my mom and dad, they bought a RAP 1994 model. RAP 1994 model, brand new, $20,000. But guess what? They couldn't pay it off. It got repossessed. So when I got this car, when I got my car, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, you know, it says, you know, I can do all things through Christ to strengthen me. I don't want this car to be repossessed. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to see it go. I don't want to, you know, so I, you know, by applying the word in my life and just by working hard and, you know, uh, five years later, back in 2016, uh, as of February, the, pay, the car's paid off. And just see that I thank the Lord for it. I'm still, like, I'm still got some debt on me, but it's not as bad as before. So it's all about, you know, just keep your focus, maintaining a good attitude, 
um, applying the scriptures once again by trusting the Lord, don't lean on to my own understanding. And at times I failed. I failed, Dima. I failed on not leaning on the Lord's understanding. I failed on leaning on my own understanding, trying to do my way, you know. And I'm just thankful for him guiding me through. And that's the scriptures I've applied in my life. And to anyone that's listening, and hopefully they've listened this far, um, that's how far that I've come by, by applying the word of God in my life. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do these things, you know. It's all about the basics, the one percenters. It's like going back to the All Blacks. The reason why the All Blacks are so good, because they just do the basics so good. It's just by doing the one percenters. And by that analogy and applying in my life, it's just by doing the basics, reading, praying, fasting, and just by doing that part and just by doing that role. Um, it has helped me and guided me through throughout these years. And if those scriptures are the same as yours, praise God. If they're not, then add them to your, uh, add them to your scriptures as well. So, yeah, that's me, Dima. I, I love that. And you know what? Some, everything that you've said just in that answer alone, um, it just shows me that you've got so much gratitude towards life. And some, so, like for me, when I paid off my car in 2015, oh, that was my old car. When I paid that off, like it wasn't anything to me. I was just like, oh, finally. Like I didn't, I didn't think much of it. But now I'm like really, that was my first ever car. Every other car my parents have, have provided for me. Um, so that's really cool. And I'm glad that, you know, you're at this age and you're at this stage of your life and you're still filled with that much gratitude. So it's really beautiful, really beautiful to see. It's a listen to as well. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate so much. And uh, look, and even on top of that, Tim, I just commend you. I know I've, I've said this so many times on a repetitive basis, but I commend you what you're doing for your community, for your Samoan community, by um, doing this podcast. And especially, I still remember you had ambitions of going to Fiji, and I thank you for that as well. Yeah, well, it's you know? funny because I, I was driving through. I, I wanted to live there. I want to live in it's my mm. in the island. Not so much Samoa yet. Like, I do want to live in Samoa eventually, but not yet. I want to start off in Fiji. But also because I saw all the stores. Like, when you're driving through, you see all the, the, the people, um, you know, have fruits. But I don't want to eat the fruits. I want to drink a smoothie. So I thought I came up, I spent the whole year coming up with this model where how can we provide, like, a, uh, create, like, a juice bar for, like, for, for tourists that are uh, passing through. It was a good, good idea. Obviously, I can't pursue it right now, but I will one day. Yeah. So it's exciting. But, I, but I'll be in Sydney Friday the 8th of October, one-way ticket. So it's exciting. New chapter. Oh, you're coming out to live here? Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's Friday the 8th of October. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's because because two days, two days, two days after, two days later is Fiji Day. Oh. So, yes. Maybe, it'll be maybe a 50. Maybe I can tag along with, with someone. Like, it'll be really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. But, no, that's good to hear, Tema. Yeah, no, one-way ticket. So stepping into a new chapter in life. And, yep. Yeah, yep. I think that changed. So um, thankfully a friend is putting me up. So her and her husband are, are putting me up for a bit. So that's exciting. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. That's... Yeah, what is your favourite restaurant in Sydney? Uh, oh, man. Favourite restaurant in Russia. Have you heard of Russia's? We, it's not exciting here in New Zealand, uh, the oh. eatery scene. It's not. Well, back in, so prior to Russia's, there was a thing called Sizzler's. Uh, Sizzler's was your main place to go to. They had the cheese, toast, bread. There was a mixture between a buffet and a restaurant. Yeah. So you could do a bit of both. So since that's gone, it's like Russia is the main thing. If not, it's your local, it's the RSL clubs in the West that have all the buffets. Mm. So as we Islanders, we love our food. And when it's buffet, bro, open the, it's like open the doors, man. So yeah. that's me. That's me. But yeah, I'll, but, uh, I'll, I'll be in Liverpool. My friend lives yeah. in Liverpool and she's, like, yeah. she's always at the buffets. She's always yeah. at restaurants. And I'm like, okay, I'm excited. I love food. And on top of that as well, um, 
you know one thing I love about New Zealand uh, Tim, is that these guys have Wendy's so yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. because when I was in when I was in America when I was in the US in 2013 they had Wendy's and when I when I came over to Auckland when I was in Auckland so I've been to Auckland Wellington and Christchurch so when I went to Auckland and I saw Wendy's, bro, my heart, like I, my, my, my mouth touched the floor because Wendy's is a big thing in the States. Yeah. I can't stand Wendy's. Do you know when you were in the States? Now we'll finish the podcast. So I'll just keep chatting. Um, yeah, that's it. Just, just like, because you're pretty cool to talk to. So um, did you feel like the food was quite processed? Because I remember when we landed in LA and I, my auntie, she bought a, a milkshake and it was just powder at the bottom and water. Hundred percent, hundred percent, Dima. Not only uh, for me, not only heavily processed, but bro, the quantities they serve it in, mm. it's um, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, like like a small, a small over there is probably a large here. Mm. And I remember when I went to so when my auntie dropped me at the bus stand at San Fran, I was going back to LA. I asked my auntie, uh, my auntie asked me, "Oh, son, do you want a drink?" And I said, "Yeah, I want a, I want a Slurpee." So I want a frozen drink. And she said, oh, what size? Yeah, yeah. So what size? I said, I'll, look, I'll have a large. She said, don't worry, I'll give you a jumbo. No joke, Dima. She came up with jumbo. It was like equivalent to a two-liter bottle of Coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, bro, I'm going to finish this up. How many calories are this? Um, in this, uh, um, you know, this cup. And the biggest mistake I made, Dima, that I ate so much when I came back, most of my clothes I couldn't fit into. Yeah, so, yeah. And then, uh, Unfortunately, I did not, um, yeah, shred the case. I, I ended up gaining more and more, but uh, yeah, I got to get back onto get back onto the training regime once again. Yeah, yeah, no, good on you. Um, yeah, no, the food in America is just so badly processed. And Wendy's, yeah, the bacon eighties, but the bacon is my favorite, but it's not my go-to. <laughs> go-to. Um, uh, I've never tried Hungry Jacks before, so I'm excited to try that. Uh, ah, yeah. my recommendation, uh, Tima, try the Ultimate Double Whopper. Okay, ultimate double. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. Okay, cool. Awesome. Awesome. Do you do Uber Eats or just Uber? Uh, Just Uber, but also I do Menulog. So Menulog Menulog is my key to one. So just um, uh, two days before my birthday, I thank the Lord that I went to 200 deliveries. Yeah, so yep, yep, 200 deliveries, but 200 tempting deliveries. Because I kid you not, Tim, when the food goes in the car, when you can smell it, so my love. That was my question. Do you get tempted to just like open the bag, grab one chip? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what they, you know what they, you know, you know what they do. They staple it. Oh right, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, because before it wasn't stapled, but um, I think a, a two a year ago, a couple of years ago, or even months ago, one driver was caught by the CCTV of getting a chip out of the bag and eating it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and there was also another one. There was also another one, but it's a bad one where someone took a photo um, of a, a menu log driver or Uber driver sitting in the toilet doing his business, but he had the bag in front of him in the toilet. Oh, oh bruh. Bruh. That's nah, bro. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um that's why I've done a with Uber, I've done over seventeen hundred rides. Signed 2016. Um, um, now I can do it optional. It was before, as I said before, it was mandatory. I had to do it. But I'm thankful that it's optional because I, I, I tell you now, Timo, with night shift, um, 
some of the people are picking up, but like they've all been good customers, but it's just um, after they had a few drinks or, or if they get intimate, if they get intimate with their partner, when I mean intimate, they can be over intimate. And it's like, um, excuse me, guys, you're in the car, you're not in, you're in my car, you're not in the house, you're not in the unit. No, there's been yet. Yeah, there's been a case like that, and I had to literally swerve the car to stop them doing what they were doing. So yeah, yeah, do a part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, yeah, I had to... that's appropriate. Uh, have yeah. You, have, have you ever picked up Tui um, on uh, on a night out? Because I saw his Uber's like he uh, his stories, and he's always talking to the Uber driver and asking. Ah, uh, that's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of, Dima, because because now because it's 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 his his it's like a plague. He's passed it to his other friends. And I'm worried right now if they say, how's your day going, boss? And it's like, oh, bro, I don't answer it, eh? Because it all started from Tui. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when you just, like, throw colourful words at them and be like, if you, Tui. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I would say. Yeah. If it's F you, it means, like, forgive you, Tui, not the other one. <laughs> okay. Um, now, thank you so much. It's been, I, 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 time has gone by so quickly. This has been a long podcast. and How long has it gone? Uh, two, almost two hours so oh my gosh Dima my apologies so it's fine I love it it's fine um because I love to talk as well and so yep. um for anyone that's made it this far on the podcast I hope you have enjoyed it um and I'll definitely encourage more people to, to watch because you've dropped some really good truth bombs some great wisdom and some gems so I'm really grateful and I'm thankful to Tui even though I'm a little bit annoyed at him um, for connecting us and um I'm really grateful and I'm looking forward to meeting you in real life um it, later on in the year so it's exciting no worries Tima. thank you very much for the opportunity and also uh it's a privilege and honor to be on this podcast uh amongst other guests that you've interviewed as well and i i will remember this as the years go by you're my you're my first uh podcast that i've actually gone on to as a guest so you have the bragging rights as the first person so <laughs> so i do hope that it opens up to other opportunities as well if not i'll, I'll, you know, I'll stay humble and see if other other you know other opportunities do come by. But at the moment, I just want to bask in this one and be thankful for that I've shared my story um, on this podcast and shared my story to to hopefully encourage or inspire someone. And if they reach this far, especially when I'm now talking at the conclusion of this uh, of this uh, interview, um, I just hope that you've uh, taken something out of this, whether it be a particular sentence I've said, a statement, a paragraph, a story or even the whole thing that um, you've been encouraging some women that knowing that we as islanders, Pacifica people, Melanesian, Polynesian, Micronesian, that we can achieve when we believe and we, that we don't have to hold the stereotypical views of just being a factory worker or a sports worker. We can achieve in the military field, academic field, sporting field, any field. We may be small in size, but we can make an impact globally. Thank you so much. Um, and I'm so, again, very grateful that you've made time um, for, for my podcast. And I'm also I'm looking forward to exploring the book idea that I that, that I shared before. I think yes, yes, please do. So for sure, I'll, I'll be in your DMs very soon. So it's not a goodbye. It's a, I'll talk to you later. So uh, thank you so much. Tim. Thank appreciate you so much, it. I appreciate you. All right. Bye, thank Steve. you, everyone. Bye. Bye bye.